To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Midori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. We are here with an amazing woman who is all about influencer marketing. Who isn't talking about that right now, right? I'm sure whoever's listening to this has thought about getting into influencer marketing, whether it is for yourself or whether it is hiring someone to partner with you. So we're gonna learn all about that today. We are here with Molly Tracy, who's the CEO and founder of Ray Digital, which is a boutique talent management agency. And Molly, you were telling me before we hopped on that you've been in the influencer marketing world for over a decade. Right? Yes. I'm a bit of a dinosaur in this industry. <laughs> Hardly, but but you've been doing it for a while. So tell us, talk to us a little bit about your journey, where where you started and how you ended up where you are now. Sure. So um, I was a journalism major in college and I moved to New York City right after college without a job um, and thinking that I was going to break into the journalism industry. And that was right when all the publications were starting to cease to exist. They were folding. They were com- um combining teams. And I ended up getting a job at um, Bliss Skin Care in their HR department. And their marketing manager came up to me one day and was like, you're young. You look like you know what this Twitter thing is. Do you want to run our company Twitter? Um, and I was like, sure, this is like copywriting. I can use this like as my for a resume builder for my journalism career and fell in love with social media from there um, and quickly segued into influencer marketing. Um, when I got started in, in, in social media, Instagram did not exist yet. So if that really gives you an idea of how old I am, um, <laughs> but bloggers and influencers were starting to really hit the scene. And I saw it as sort of the writing on the wall, that this was going to be something huge and that this was really go- was going to be how the future of marketing and advertising was going to propel brands. And so I got into influencer marketing. I worked on the brand and agency side for seven or eight years on campaign execution and influencer strategy for lifestyle brands across, you know, beauty, fashion, wellness, hospitality, um, and then made the switch over to talent management. So now I'm on the other side of the aisle, actually representing creators in the creator economy. Okay. Well, that is quite a journey to go from Twitter, pre-Instagram, to where you are now. That's awesome. So talk to me about some of the, some of the challenges that you see for your business as you've grown. And as, I mean, influence from everyone's in, not everyone, but there's, it's, it's expanded so much. Talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges that you've experienced as you've grown your business. I mean, I think the main challenge when you're working on a commission-based business, because talent management is a commission-based business, is scalability and being able to support salaries, you know, when you're juxtaposing, you're juxtapositioning your own balance sheet. Um, you need to be in a position where you are bringing in enough commission in order to carry a salary for to bring another talent manager on. 
and so that's I think scalability in this business in particular around commission can be really tough. We operated very lean for a very, very long time. It was just myself for the first two and a half, almost three years of my business. And I did work with some part-time contractors. I finally brought in a bookkeeper, which was really wonderful in order to alleviate some of that time. But I think that was definitely the biggest challenge was just the scalability. But truly, I, I believe in operating really lean for a long time until you do need to bring on outside help. I think it's also important as a business owner to really be able to understand all facets of your business, especially you need to be able to do bookkeeping. You need to be able to do accounts receivable and payable. You need to be able to do, you know, social media and marketing. You need to, of course, whatever service it is that you're offering. If you have a CPG product, you should learn about logistics and packaging. And so I think it's important that you have your hands in everything and have at least a baseline understanding. And then you hire out from there. I like that. Yeah. Because I'm all about delegating. So one of the first things in our very first business that, that I started that we delegated out was the accounting because I knew that if we didn't, we'd probably be in prison really quickly. Yeah, we are truly. not good at it, but you do need to have some concept of where your money's going, right? You need to understand it. So I agree with you. How did you, how, because also part of growing your business is being able to really focus in on what you do the best. And you have a number of different parts of your business that had to be concentrated on to grow it. So how did you balance that part of it? Does that make sense when I'm asking? I think it's really important for you to allow your business to change and shift. Um, when I first started my business and started my own agency, I thought that 50% of the work that we would do would still be very brand facing. It would still be campaign execution and influencer strategy, and 50% would be focused on talent management. And over the course of the last four years, 95% of what we do now is talent management and 5% is reserved for clients that are looking for a high level strategy from us. You need to allow your business to evolve, to shift and allow your business to talk to you and your clients to talk to you and the universe to say to you, you know, if you're consistently getting inbound opportunities that are talent after talent coming to you saying, I want you to represent me. And you're having this push pull of like, well, I don't really have time because I'd love to add another brand. And that's really where I'd like to see you know, the agency go, I think you need to let the business revolve or evolve around you. I think we get stuck in this sense of like, well, this isn't the vision that I had, but I actually think that it would be naive of you to think that the business that you started with on day one is going to be the, the business that you end up with when you exit or retire, et cetera. Um, so let go of the rigidity around that. That's one of the beauties of having a small business, right? Is that you yeah. can pivot and change and evolve as, as you see necessary and you can do it quickly, which is great. So for a business, how, what kind of business, what kind of advice do you have for some company that is thinking, you know, maybe I should hire someone to help me with, maybe I do need an influencer to help grow my business. Talk to us about that. What kind of business do you recommend would, would benefit from having an influencer to help them expand their brand. Uh, what's your recommendations there? I mean, at this point, I think that there's not an industry that influencers and creators haven't touched. Everybody from pharma to CPG to liquor and spirits to you know political campaigns are tapping influencers and content creators to help amplify their brand. Um, so I definitely don't think that there's an industry that is siloed out of that. Influencers at the end of the day, it's just word of mouth marketing amplified on a much larger scale. You know, instead of me sitting around at dinner with 
five of my best girlfriends telling them about a product that I just discovered. I'm sitting around with 500,000 of my best girlfriends and telling them about a product that I've discovered. So I think taking the intimidation out of like what influencer marketing it is and just realizing that at its bare bones, it is just word of mouth marketing on a digital scale. And so with that, I think that everybody should be dipping their toe into influencer marketing, just managing their expectations around their KPIs for it based off of budget um, or something like that. So, you know, you can use influencers, everything for awareness and like define what awareness means to you. Like, is that an uptick in Google searches? Is that Yelp reviews? Is that increased social media following um, for your brand? Is that website hits for you? Um, down to conversion. So what does that look like? You know, are you putting specific ROAS goals in place? Do you just need influencer for you? Because you need new content. So that's all, that's something to tap into now. We have something called content creators who truly just create content for brands. They don't actually post it on their own social media, but you're sort of like outsourcing the social media content creation piece to experts who love creating content that you can then leverage in paid media or use on your own social media channels or on your website. So I think that there's definitely a space for every brand to play into in the creator economy. We just need to kind of define what your goals are with utilizing those influencers and creators. Okay. So one of the reasons why I love having a podcast show is because I get free advice. <laughs> and so what I want you to do, Molly, is let's say I decided I need an influencer or influence. I want to do a camp, an influencer campaign. How would you walk me through that to grow my business? So my business, just so you know, fuel the fire. We're all about helping women entrepreneurs get to that next level in their business. And we have these small support groups that they all get together with um, on a regular basis, you know, every other week. And they share their, their problems and their challenges and their wins, and they all work together to help each other get to their next level. Super cool. It's all about the relationship building, but how would you, if I, again, if I'm trying to grow this and one of my, um, uh, one of my strategies is influencer marketing, talk to, walk me through this. Sure. So for you and for Fuel to Fire, I think working with more niche creators who are business owners themselves, female business owners themselves. Um, and I would say definitely look across categories. So I would look for people who have, you know, maybe it's a, uh, something in the finance space. Maybe it's somebody who has a tech product and an app. Maybe it's somebody who has something on CPG. Maybe it's someone that owns an Etsy shop. Um, so I would definitely diversify there but you want somebody who is already creating content around their business. Um, they can also be talking about other lifestyle things too, but you definitely want someone who is used to speaking to their audience about the struggles of growing a business, what it's like to be a female entrepreneur, what it's like to raise capital for their business. Women that are already speaking to the subject matter that you guys will cover in the cohorts that you do inside Fuel to Fire you would want to definitely, I would say, give them a membership to Fuel to Fire. They need to experience the group. I would say even putting them through one of the cohorts would be really smart just so they can really speak authentically to that process and be able to tell their audience about how impactful it was for their business. So I would say definitely let them experience it um, and then provide them like a discount code in order for them to offer that to their audience. Um, a discount code is great for two reasons. A, consumers love discounts. And I think that that's a great way to kind of sway purchase, but it also allows trackability for you as a business owner. You get to see which creator is, you know, driving uh, the most sales for you. 
And then you can always offer a commission as well to the creator. Um, you know, maybe it's 15% commission or 20% commission on all memberships that you sell. And then definitely reporting. Reporting is really important. I think at the end of any campaign that you run, you really want to look at your backend analytics and see, did we, again, see an uptick in Google searches? Did we see, you know, an uptick in people visiting our landing page? Did we sell memberships via the discount codes? That's sort of how you walk through a process for an influencer campaign. And then how long would you work with it with an influencer? For that, is it kind of like a one-off? Like a, we hire Kim Kardashian for a gazillion dollars. And yeah, I mean, what are some of the things that we should be aware of when we are thinking of going after this approach? So it's category specific. You know, if you're working on something that's like, I don't know, maybe if it's like a, like a petition that you're looking, like a governmental petition that you're looking to get out there for the world, like you probably only need to do a one-off partnership for that, right? Um, versus something like a fuel to fire, like, or even a CPG product, longevity is key. Um, social marketing and influencer marketing is very similar to any other sort of marketing where like the audience and community does need multiple touch points in order to make a purchase. I think like, I think the the general saying is like seven touch points with a product or a service before we purchase. And so Think about how many times you need to have an influencer sort of talk about a product before you make a purchase. So I think longer term partnerships are always great. It builds trust with their audience to see them talk about the same product or service over and over again. And truly, yeah, I think I think any longevity in partnerships is, is definitely the way the way to go. I think like where it gets a little bit tricky is like if you are looking for conversion based campaigns, maybe a long term partnership isn't the best fit for you because I think at some point you probably will convert as many of their followers as you can. Um, you might kind of like let the well run dry a little bit after a while. But I think that, you know, creators and community members do prefer longer term partnerships. And also think about how you shop. Like it's very rare that you and I are scrolling and like we see a product the first time and we're like swipe up to buy. Usually we're saving it. We might screenshot it. We might add it to cart or add to favorites to look at later. And so you kind of have to think about the way that you operate too. Okay, good advice. Now you have my head going in all kinds of places, Molly, as we go into Q4. So where can people find out more about you and, um, and possibly reach out? Yeah. Um, so we're on Instagram at Bray Digital. Our website is the same. You can find me on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time there. That's actually probably like my favorite social platform. And we talk about a lot of things influencer over there. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. I know that my brain is going and I'm feeling that the audience is starting to think more about this. Super helpful. And I recommend all of you go check her out. Thanks for having me.